and welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average Joe with great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 105. What stories mean the most to you? You know, that's that's a question. That's what this podcast is all about. Um, today's guest, I was just talking to him, kind of getting ready before the show, before we hit record like I normally do, and, and I was like talking to him about how he wanted to go through things, and he said, you know, I'm just going to tell you the stories that mean the most to me. And that just a, just kind of hit me in a way. I've, I've never had a guest say it that way before. You know, I always say, you know, tell your favorite hunting stories or your favorite experiences or anything like that. But beyond all of that, these stories that people tell on this podcast are stories that mean something to them. Maybe they're just a funny moment, but a lot of these um, go much deeper than that. They're, they're life stories because hunting isn't just a hobby or a pastime. It is sometimes... Uh, just a part of our lives. It's it's what connects us. It's those early memories with our father or some father figure that showed us the rope. It's that time where we kind of had to write a passage where we learned how to do it on our own. Uh, maybe it's a time where we got to pass it on to somebody else. Those are the stories that mean something. And I just want to say thank you so much for supporting the guys and girls that come on this show and share those those stories because they mean something to them and they mean something to me. And I, I'm guessing if you're listening, they mean something to you too. It's not just entertainment. It's so much more than that. So thank you. Thank you for leaving reviews. Thank you for leaving ratings. Thank you for sharing this podcast. Thank you for writing me uh, and contacting me, telling me your stories or recommending people. All of that. I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, i tell you what. My, my Doe video uh, is out there on YouTube. I've promoted it before. I'll just let you know about it again. You might think, oh, whoop de doo a Doe video. But I, that was kind of the whole point. <laughs> for me, is that, you know what? A doe video isn't just a doe video. Uh, it's two minutes, 30 seconds long. It's gotten great response, has over a thousand views, which I'm just thrilled with. Um, you know, I haven't been able to capture some of the buck footage that I would like. This year's, even this year's buck footage was uh, blurry, unfortunately, and you know, wasn't able to get it all in focus. Um, so this doe video might be kind of the, the main thing that I contribute to the team this year besides this podcast, and I'm completely cool with that. Um, I kind of put my heart into that, what I feel about it. And the other night we enjoyed some uh, venison kebabs, and that came from this doe. Um, there were some people that I, I work with here at the church, and they were making a joke about me sharing deer meat. So I brought in some deer sticks. Those came from that doe. So it's it, it means something to me. And uh, so if you'd want to go check that out, uh, check the link on uh, YouTube or on our Facebook or Instagram, uh, you can find that. Guys, we are going to jump in. Today's guest is Ray Kapelka. Uh, he comes from Gilbert, South Carolina. And today is a great story. Uh, Ray goes way back to his youth and talks about uh, growing up, getting into hunting. Um, his first deer was stolen. Crazy story. And he has a lot of great stories, including being able to help his nephew uh, kill a big buck. And uh, Ray is super nice guy, has some great stories. I think you're going to enjoy that. So sit back, grab a coffee, pour yourself a drink. Unless you're driving, don't sit back, make sure you don't. But anyway, uh, here we go. Here's Ray Felka. All right, guys and girls, I am happy to have on the line with me today, Ray Kapelka. Ray, how are you, sir? I'm pretty good, Travis. How are you? All doing great. Doing great. What's you into today? Anything exciting? Uh, just getting up from work. Or getting up from coming home from work. I'm I get in at three in the morning, so you know I I get up and do my thing about midday. Gotcha. So you're on the the night shift then, huh? Yes, sir. 
All right. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and uh, just kind of give us a little bit of your your bio. Okay. My name is Ray Kapelka. I live in Gilbert, South Carolina. I grew up from birth to 12 years old in Southern California, moved to Pennsylvania with my dad, and that's where the journey kind of begins. But I grew up in California with my dad and my mom separated, so my dad would get us on weekends and take me and my sister fishing. We'd go trout fishing mm-hmm. up in up in the mountains of California. And I guess when I was in middle school, my mom knew that it was time for me to leave California because it was just time. I mean, I'd have to run home from school to keep from getting beat up and stuff like that when I was young. And my mom's like, well, you know, you need to be with your dad somewhere safe. And my mom and my sister wound up moving to South Carolina where I'm at now. Um, but I wound up going to my dad and when I got off the plane, you know, typical California kid, parachute pants, 50, by the way. (laughs) So that, that takes it way back. Um, so I, you know, and, and seeing my dad and having fun, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That's where my, uh, my hunting story begins, you know, up there in PA and, you know, growing up as a kid and going through school and through high school and everything there. Oh man. Yeah. That's, that's quite the journey. I mean, to go from California out to, you said Pennsylvania. Yeah. Western Pennsylvania, actually Southwestern Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. Oh, gotcha. I was, cool. on, I was on the outside outskirts of Pittsburgh. Okay. That's, that's only two hours from about two and some change from where I'm at. Oh, I yep. love Pittsburgh. Yeah, we're uh, we're in the uh, Appalachian area, man. That's that's where uh, what I'm used to. <laughs> good, good hunting. Yeah, oh yeah, love it, love it. So, did um, you said your hunting kind of started here in PA? You did some fishing. Did you? You never did any hunting in uh, Southern Cal? No. Okay. No, uh, I was a typical California kid. I just went to the beach on my bicycle with my sister sometimes, and you know we. Uh, hung out with my mom. We lived in an apartment complex with a swimming pool, just being a kid. So looking back, Ray, what was, uh, where was the, those initial first hunts? Where did that come from? And kind of bring us through a little bit, just your journey to where you are now. Well, I remember my, it was summertime when I got there with my dad. So my first thing was my dad took me out to uh, a friend of his, Bob Ray's and he had like a little junkyard down there. My dad's like, I'm 12 years old now. He hands me this, you know, 870 and says, here, you're going to learn how to shoot a shotgun. Oh boy. Oh yeah. So intimidated. Not a bit. Oh, cool. I was looking forward to it and oh, I God. grabbed a hold of it and it about knocked my shoulder off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but you know, I looked at my dad and I said, put another shell in it. I want to try it again. And that's when the fun started, I guess, in my life, Hmm. because I never, I mean, I remember anytime my dad ever took me to do anything, it was fun. He made sure it was fun. He didn't make sure that we were doing, you know, paying bills or anything. He always made sure he had all that stuff. My dad's former military, by the way. Hmm. Um, So he had... He had retired, did did some stuff when at when he got out of the military, and you know he did reserves. This little background on my dad, he was 
I don't know, just Korean War type person, mm-hmm. did all the things that he did. And But when we grew up, we always, I remember being little and being in PA at my aunt's house. And that's where I wound up growing up in high school mm-hmm. is at my aunt's house. And, uh, but my pops was pretty cool. Cause he always made sure that we did fun stuff. Yeah. You know, he took us to the lake. It's funny. Cause if it's all right, if you would like to do a little California thing, yeah. um, my, uh, my sister and I, my dad would take us up to Hemet Lake and in Northern California and we would go trout fishing. I was probably six or seven. So my whole thing was, man, I've seen all these carp swimming and there was horny toads. I don't know if you know what a horny toad is, but horny toads are like lizard, round lizards with little spikes on their back. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so I used to catch those all the time and play and try to snag carp. I wasn't into trout fishing. My thing was I want to catch the biggest fish in front of me. So I tried to do that, but my sister and my dad always were the ones catching, you know, the trout and everything. But later and later on, I'll tell you where the trout fishing comes in too. But so that's where my California thing came from. My, the, the love for my outdoors yeah. with my pop, you know, the old man was a good guy and he did everything that he could to treat me right. Sometimes I did things that he wanted to, you know, put the smack down on me every once in a while, but yeah. <laughs> then I think we all have had maybe those moments. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but when, when we got out, my first, my first thing is like, maybe when my experience with my dad, when the first hunting experience I had just hunting was going squirrel hunting. Mm. And it was like maybe two or three months after we shot the shotgun. I think that's why he wanted, I had to go do my hunter safety course and in Pennsylvania, you got to be, you know, 12 years old or older. And I just got into that area. So he made sure I did my hunter's education and I did that. And just hunting squirrels and rabbits and running through the woods. Mm. Uh, that's cool. And I think that's how, I think that's a lot of guys have that experience. And I think it's really cool of your dad trying to make it fun. Like that's like, I, I see some dads trying to be hard on their kids and make it, it's just too serious almost. And I think if, if it's not fun at the beginning, it's probably stuff that people aren't going to stick with for the most part, you know, there's gotta be some enjoyment and just being outside and experiencing. So that's pretty cool that your dad did it that way. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, he had limited time with us when we were kids, when, when we were in California. So he always made sure that we had something fun to do, hmm. you know, it, even if it was playing cards at his house, my dad drank a lot, but he still, he didn't let that interfere with, you know, us being, you know, having fun and being with kids. Mm. And I think, you know, I don't hold it against him, but it's just, excuse me. He, uh, he just, he was just a good man all around. I I shouldn't talk smack about my old man. (laughs) No, I get that. Right. Well, you know, from that time, um, you know, you go on your first few hunts there, squirrel hunting up until today, you know, I always ask guys this, I mean, guys have listened to this show, you know, there's, there's all kinds of stories probably in between. Um, so I guess today, Ray, what stories mean the most to you? What, what stories out of all of those stories that you could tell would kind of be at the top uh, of the list is, is just something that meant something to you? Um, 
there's there's directly probably around four to five of them yeah and my first one is when i was 14 years old my dad finally said hey you're gonna go hunting with me so we drove from uh right out of brackenridge pennsylvania which is probably 45 minutes out of pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and up to elk county ridgeway um so we got up there my dad didn't really show me how to scout. He didn't teach me how to deer hunt. He kind of stuck me in the woods and said, if one comes by, you shoot it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because there was no teaching up there at that time. Yeah. I mean, it was just go kill a deer because you had so much time to do it. And everybody's done scouted the, the, the game management so much that the deer were just, you know, blown out. But so... You know, we get up, we get scouting, come back, and it's opening day, two o'clock in the morning. There's about a foot of snow on the ground, and my old man's like, all right, get the truck, we're going. So, you know, we had talked, and the, the first shotgun I shot was at 870, and that was my dad's shotgun, smooth bore, mm-hmm. you know. Remember, I don't know if you remember, but they used to call shotgun shells pumpkin balls. <laughs> yeah, yep. So I had I had a smooth bore, eight seventy, pumpkin ball shotgun, slug gun. It wasn't even a slug; it was a shotgun shooting slugs out of it. Yep. So my pops he takes me up to the mountain. He goes, "I'm gonna go right here." He says, "You remember the big rock up on the, up on the hill?" I'm like, "Yeah, I remember where it is." So we walked up there, and he got to his spot, and I walked all the way up there and found the rock, sat down on it. And was sitting there and sitting there. So daylight comes around and it's been daylight for probably about an hour. And I hear three shots to my right. And I'm like, oh, that was close. And when I started looking around, three to 400 yards, just diagonally quartered to my left, there's a hunter. I'm like, okay, this isn't good. <laughs> then I looked down to my left and there was another hunter. Oh, and no. they, it, because the whole, I mean, it, there was cars lining the roads. <laughs> It, there was no place up there that you could go that was, you know, it, this where my dad knew. But so here comes this deer trucking it. And it's about 60 yards and it stops right in front of me. And I'm looking at it. It's not, I'm waiting for it to fall because this guy had just shot and it's not falling. It's tails flipping. I'm like, well, that deer's not hit. So I pulled the shotgun up just kind of pointed at his shoulder and it's a 50 50 chance you're going to hit one with a pumpkin ball at 60 yards and uh i hit it right in the shoulder and it kicked and ran down the hill about 40 yards piled up i'm like wow i just did that (laughs) and uh so i go walking over to it and this guy comes up over the hill he says hey get away from my deer i'm like i'm like "Ah," i said i just shot that deer he said, uh, okay, well, I shot it too. So we started looking for holes in it. And the only hole you could find is about a three-quarter inch slug hole in it. And the blood trail started from where I shot it all the way down to mm-hmm. where it, And I'm like, okay, that's my deer. He goes, no, he goes, I hit that deer. That's my deer. I'm So, you know, at 14 years old, I know better with respect to an adult not to argue with an adult. Yeah because I knew my dad would put the smack down on me if I'd argued with an adult. 
Mm. So I said, let me go get my dad. He's right down over the hill. I said, I'll grab him. We'll come back up. We got back up over the hill. That guy had drug that deer off. Oh, are you kidding me? And it was, it was, it wasn't a big buck, but it was a buck. And, you know, and I said, okay, my dad's like, well, you know, you win some, you lose some. He said, that's the game you play when you're up here on in WMA. Mm. And he says, we'll just chalk it up as an experience and we'll move on. Mm. So, you know, I, I just was like heartbroken because, you know, that was my deer. Yeah. I knew it was my deer. But Man, that that stinks, Ray. Gosh, my heart just sinks hearing that. I, I I just you know, and it's funny because I've lost deer, and you lose deer if you hit them and you lose them. I've only bow hunted a couple times. I'm a rifle hunter, by the way. I'm not a bow hunter. That's I know okay. you, I know you shoot trad, and uh, you kind of inspired me to get a trad bow this year. And oh man, I quit trad already, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i tell you i got into trad for like a, a turkey season this year and i loved it and i tell you what I, I regret i sold the bow and the reason i did that i think i may have talked about this before but i i got rid of the trad bow because i was afraid it was going to cost me more time away from my family and lo yeah, and behold I, I went out and i hunted 52 times anyway so it didn't matter i should have just stuck with the trad bow right <laughs> right well, I, I got a compound I can shoot. I mean, yeah. I but I, I I do want to try to shoot trad a little this year. And it's fun, man. Know, it's cool. And pra- if not practice and have fun, maybe have some fun with my daughter with it. You know. Mm, that's and, cool. And uh, so I want to do some things. Well, you know, hunting up there and hunting in South Carolina is completely different. I got down here and started working when I left up there. I hunted with my dad till I got out of high school. Didn't shoot a deer, shot a bunch of rabbits, shot a bunch of squirrels. Matter of fact, first squirrel I ever shot, I have a scar on my back right hip where I had to crawl under a piece of bob wire and go get the squirrel and this piece of cattle fence. And uh, that's a memory, you know. Wow. Every time I take a shower and hit that scar, I'm like, hi, hey, I shot a squirrel. <laughs> you know you know and and i'm 50 and i still laugh about it you know my dad's like he looked at me he goes are you kidding me yeah um Uh, that's cool but my 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 first year in south carolina um was a six point and here's 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 where i'm going to say god plays a lot into what he did for me and so i knew a friend i was I guess it was 2003, 2004. I was hunting with, you know, a couple of my, my buddy, Alan, uh, who's my best friend, probably one of the best hunters I know. And, and you're, uh, you're grown up at this point, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in my late twenties. Okay. You know, going, going into to my thirties and, uh, I, I've seen deer, shot at deer, just didn't, you know, but I work came before anything. Mm-hmm. that's the one thing my dad instilled in me that work came before anything you you know i'm a car i was a carpenter for a long time before i went to work for Pomona state armory and uh um but i i worked was just super in front of everything mm-hmm. and i didn't want to get back into hunting then my dad moved to south carolina and uh, he had went to california and lived with my aunt ag for a while and He's like, you know, he wanted to be around me and my sister. So he moved back. He moved to South Carolina. And at this time, you know, I had no inspiration of getting out on my own. So I was at my mom's. So I had like 
all the free time in the world to do whatever I wanted to. And most of it was fishing and hunting. And I just had so much to do. And my dad's like, well, you should start hunting again. You know, you loved hunting. So I wound up hunting more. Well, I hooked up with my friend, Alan, who's, like I said, probably the best hunter I know. Um, there's a whole story there that's funny, but um, we, he got me into a hunting club and I, I always hunt in WMA and lunchtime came around opening week here. And I was like, man, I got an opportunity to go hunt with this pastor and his preacher. He's a really good guy. And, and to this day, I can't remember the man's name, but I can remember the name of his property. Yeah. And it, it was heaven's place. Oh, that's cool. And I mean, it was about 14 acres and it was just small. And he's like, come on up. I'll put you in a stand. I said, okay. So, you know, I never went to church, never did any of that stuff. You know, it may have been even before 2003, 2004. Um, it's kind of the timelines kind of run together a lot with me. Oh, yeah. Um, but when we, when I got up there, I told Alan and we were hunting. I said, Alex, I'm going to go hunt with this other fella. I'm going to leave the club because it was barren. You know, they put corn out. They have food plots. And you, you, if you don't, I, let me backtrack a little bit. Hunting here, I didn't know much. I didn't know much about sign. I didn't know much about that. Alan kind of took me and said, come on, man, let's go walk in woods. Mm -hmm. Let's get, let me, let me, let me enlighten you. He's a fellow PA Yankee but he was on the other side of the state of me and okay. we just happened to meet here in South Carolina. He, uh, married my cousin. And, uh, so we are all just, and he got me in the woods, showing me signs, showing me what a scrape was, showing me what a licking branch is, showing me, you know, how to follow a rub line and, you know, let's put trail cameras out and let's do things. And we didn't really do a lot of trail camera stuff. We just, every once in a while we scouted more than we did anything and that was us walking in the woods and we always had a kid with us my nephews or his kids his boys mm -hmm. um but so i get let me get back to where i was this is kind of leading into that so god laid on me a lot and i didn't realize it because i'm hunting with a, a preacher he's a good guy He's like, I'm going to set you in this stand. So the day, the day before I seen one, it was dark and I couldn't get a shot at it. And I'm like, fine, I'm okay with that. And I told him, he's well, come back tomorrow. He says, you know, it's, it's a, we can do this. It's okay. You know, it, it was a Friday. So Saturday I got back there with him. He put me in a different stand and I was sitting there looking around and I just happened to turn left and here comes this six point. And I had a 3030 model a Marlin and, pulled up on it, shot it, hit it hard. It dropped. I'm like, all right. Then it got up. I spined it. Oh man. And it's like, and I went to go rack another round and I caught my shirt. And when I pulled my shirt up, I tore my shirt and I'm trying to get my shirt unhung. And by this time it had pulled itself into the bushes and I didn't know what to do when I find a deer and I knew I had to find it and kill it, but he, you know, had pulled up like maybe 10 minutes later and I was getting down. I said, yeah, I find it. He goes, let's go find it. 
and I found it and I finished it off and we loaded it up. And so on the way back, I had it in my work truck and I called my buddy Alan, Hey, I'm on my way with the deer. He goes, did you gut it? I said, no. He said, I said, I figured we'd dig a hole at your place and just gut it. You know, he's like, he's like, he's like, no, he says, he says, I'll meet you, you know, so-and-so place. I'm like, okay, he's got three kids with him and I'm pulled this deer out of the back of the truck. We're on the side road on a, a paved road and it's at night and he goes, you need to get this deer. I'm like, right here. He's like, yeah. And you got to do it quick before car comes. <laughs> so, so the kids are like, Ooh, I want to know how to do it. And I get to start explaining to him. And he looked at me, he goes, no, gut the deer, Ray. He says, don't worry about them. They have a lifetime to learn. He says, gut the deer, get off the road. Let's get to the house. So that happens. We get to his place. He's got a, a shed that I helped him build at the time and at the in Fountain Inn. And we we couldn't, we had it hanging, we couldn't get up. So while the deer was hanging, he was skinning. I built a platform so we could stand on to get where we needed to do to get everything done. And it just it, you know, that's an experience to me that you should have with your friends. Yeah. <clears throat> you know. And he was, he was elated. I mean, he thought it was the greatest thing in the world that I shot a deer, you know, he was happy for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we cut it up, quartered it out and cut it, just did everything. We butchered it and, you know, him and I had some deer meat. Um, so there's been other deer in between that couple does spike or two. I'm not a trophy hunter, by the way. I, I, I believe in filling my freezer and feeding my family when I can. Absolutely. And, uh, I've shot some nice bucks. I mean, I have a buck named Delbert that's sitting, <laughs> uh, that I got here in Gilbert and I'll get to that here in a little while. Um, yeah. but you know, the now, now when we live in, when I lived in Simpsonville, he lived in fountain. And so we had family land real close by and some friends land. I'm going to get into my nephew's buck now. Um, well, first off, first off, that's a cool story. That's neat how that all played out and how, uh, you're able to get your first one. And I, I, uh, there's, I completely agree. There's nothing like skinning a deer with a buddy being a part of that. You know, the, the end result, that's, that's something kind of neat. It's like a bonding experience. I just remember that growing up you know, at the end of the day, we do a lot of deer drives and the guys would all be there. And that's where I learned how to skin a deer out. And, um, you know, uh, it just kind of a neat, neat thing, neat camaraderie that's experienced in that, that, you know, uh, process. Yeah, I, I, I agree totally. I mean, hunting with your friends and hunting with family. Uh, so, you know, it, it's just, it's a, it's a big thing for me, you know, I asked my daughter the other day if she wanted me wanted to go fishing with me. And uh, she's like, I just really don't want to go fishing. <laughs> and she goes, I really don't like fishing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, well, I really like for you to go. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to force her to do anything she doesn't want to do, but yeah. um, so, you know, I'm going to get into my nephew's buck. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so he was 14. I took him hunting. Alan and I took him out and 
he was into it more than any of the boys, his brother or Alan's boys, other than Alan's son, AJ. And AJ was young at the time, maybe five or six. But AJ was on your hip everywhere you went. And that's his son, Alan Mon Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember, you know, hunting with those boys and taking my nephew Tyler out and we had we had alternative motives for taking him you know we would get at the top of the hill and send him at the bottom through the thicket and (laughs) go see if you can find a deer i was more trying to get him to kick deer up to us and we'd always send him you know downwind and so the wind's blowing up at us so you know if they're you know see if if they were gonna even if he was gonna bump one and he was walking with a 410 with buckshot in it oh boy so it had to be pretty close for him to pop it right and but he was probably 12, 13 years old. And he, I remember him falling one time in the barrel of the shotgun went in the ground. Oh, no. And he looked at me like, oh, oh, no. You know, I'm like, what's wrong? He says, I fell in the barrel of the shotgun. And I started laughing. He goes, what are you laughing at? I said, you know, I did the same thing when I was with my dad. I've fallen so many times, you know, stepping over logs and stuff and hitting, um, the ground and happened he goes well how are we going to get the mud out of it and alan's over there already whittling a stick off a tree trying to get they just jam it down in the barrel to get the (laughs) get the dirt out of it so we can keep on hunting um i mean that's just the way we were um so we kind of gave him the, the the what's up on how to hunt this is a couple years now so he turns 14 and I was framing houses at the time and it had rain that morning and I was off work and the sun was coming out and I'm, I called my sister and I said, Hey, I think I'm going to take Tyler hunting. And I said, call the school, tell him I'm going to pick him up. So I took his hunting clothes with me. I had his hunting clothes with me because all that he hunted with me, there's no reason for him to keep him at his house. I had his hunting clothes, my 3030 and my Maverick 88. So I gave him the 3030 with the scope on it and had raised sights. Um, and I'm like, okay, cool. We'll get down. I said, here's where you need to go. We were on our key, our friend Keith's property and it's small piece. I mean, real small, like maybe six acres, but deer came through there constantly. And, uh, we were just walking and I, I said, well, I'm going to go to the kill one stand. It was a wooden stand that we had built. I said, I'm going to be about 150, 200 yards on the other side of this saddle. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and sit over here. You sit over there. I gave him my grunt call because right at the beginning of the rut. And I'm like, here, I said, hit it about every 15 minutes, once or twice. So I I'm sitting over there. It's getting to be about four o'clock, four thirty, and I can't hear him hitting that grunt call. And I'm like, man, why isn't he hitting that grunt call? And then all of a sudden, I heard a shot. I'm like, hmm. I said, and I right before I got, he went down over the hill. I said, do not shoot a doe. It is not a doe day. And so, I told him, if you shoot one, don't move. I'll I'll come to you. So I jumped out of my stand. I literally jumped probably twelve feet out of that stand. <laughs> because I didn't, I was so excited. I didn't realize it. I just jumped, you know, it wasn't no big deal. I jumped down and ran up the, the hillside, cut through the, 
Keith and his wife's driveway and ran down past their house and went down and I yelled at him. I said, Tyler, I said, you get one. He goes, yeah. I said, I said, was it a doe? He said, no. I said, was it a buck? He said, yeah. I said, where is it? He says, it's down. I said, really? I said, you got it. I said, a big buck. He said, huge. I said, huge. He said, huge. I said, is it dead? He said, no. I said, shoot it again. He says, I can't because it was laying on the other side of the log. I said, okay, I'm coming down real slow. I got my shotgun. If it jumps up, I'll shoot it. So we get down to it and no kidding, this deer's spined again. I mean, man, my family and spine and deer. It happens, man. Uh, So this deer was 20 yards from him. He grunted this deer to him. I mean, just happened to be the right wind, the right time, the right place. Mm. 215 pound, eight point. Wow. Almost a 20 inch spread. The deer probably will score around 120, 122 inches. Man, that's awesome. So it's laying on the ground, spine shot, grunting. It, it's literally grunting. Yeah. And I said, and he, he was, he was looking like he was about to die. I said, okay, let's go get your uncle Al. Cause that's what he calls Alan, his uncle Alan. I said, let's go get Alan. Come back. He can help us get the deer up over this. And, and it's a lot of blowdown in there. I mean, just, it looks like a tornado went through there at one time. There's trees everywhere, deadfalls. So we go up, drive about four miles up the road. And I walk into Alan's house and I said, Hey, I said, uh, Tyler shot a deer. And he looked, first thing he said to me, better not have shot a doe. <laughs> I said, I said, no, he didn't shoot a doe. I said, he shot a nice buck. I said, you want to, let's go get it. I said, bring your pistol. I didn't want to shoot it point blank with a rifle. I said, just in case it's not dead yet. I said, it should be dead. I said, but it's not, we got back. That deer was still grunting. Oh man. And I felt bad. I should have shot that deer right then. Yeah. It's hard to know what to do. Like that, the, the first few times you see that I remember I, I actually, I've spined several deer actually. And it's like, do I shoot it again? Is it going to die? You know, you think with all the ruckus and them kicking around that it's going to go be done quick, but it, it is hard to know what to do in that situation. Oh yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the whole thing with me. I'm like, man, you know, I just, I didn't know what to do exactly at the time. And I, I kind of did, but I didn't, I knew I didn't want my nephew to have to see that deer get put down close point blank range. Mm-hmm. So, so we went down the hill, Alan's got his pistol and here's my thought and, and shame on me for thinking he goes to shoot it like at the base of its head. I said, stop. He said, what? I said, you're going to mess up the mount. <laughs> he said, Oh, whatever. So he shot it in, in the heart and in the neck a couple times and, and it died. So yeah. we went to dragging it. So him and I drugged this deer up. So jump a year up or so. So Alan and I had this thing about shooting deer. We were, I mean, I don't know if you, if you looked at the email I sent you in the picture, I have it on my Instagram, by the way, mm-hmm. the deer. And, uh, but we drugged this, him and I drugged Tyler's deer up got pictures of it you know it's a pretty deer and and he was probably about a four and a half year old deer so alan and i had this thing about shooting deer one year 
I was going to shoot one. He was going to shoot one. And we were kind of on a roll that we were going back and forth shooting deer. And at the time in South Carolina, well, right now you get three buck tags and two doe tags. So, but at the time you could, you could shoot two a day unlimited and not have to tag them. Mm. So up to, I think up to 10 deer, I shouldn't say unlimited up to 10 deer. So we were taking turns. And I was sitting in a stand, a climber, about 30 feet from him. And he was sitting in another one. And the boys were up there, and deer were fighting all around. And she can hear them just going off and grunting and rattling. We were rattling and everything. And so the boys were sitting, at his, uh, his oldest, Neil and Tyler, were sitting up over the hill. And we heard deer going towards him. And so him and I are both kind of turned around looking, waiting for a shot. Because we knew, we heard buck grunting going up towards him like oh man one of the boys are going to get a deer and tyler pretty much said in his head he's going to let neil shoot whatever comes out and uh i happened to turn back around and here comes this eight point and i'm looking at alan it's his turn to shoot i'm looking at alan and i'm trying to move my hand so he could see me and the deer not see me and he finally looked at me and i pointed at the deer and I mean, if he wouldn't have turned around another two seconds, I'd have shot that deer <laughs> because you don't let him get away. Yeah. Well, he, uh, he pulled his gun up. He, he couldn't tell it was behind a bush. So he hit its head with the rifle. And he said, I remember him telling me, he says, I went to its head, seen antlers, didn't count nothing, just went down its neck to its shoulder, pulled the trigger. And it was that quick. Wow. This deer stood up on its hind legs and run like a grown man. <laughs> and i'm like what and it ran probably 30 yards found it so this is where i'm going to get to where we drug tyler's deer out tyler heard the shot him and neil come over the hill we went and taught them how to find it how to follow blood trail all the stuff that you know and uh tyler grabbed that deer by the horns and he says he says uncle Alan, i owe you a drag <laughs> You know, it kind of, it kind of hits me hard because, you know, because there's things like that, that really, that really, uh, put you in perspective, you know, Yeah. that's paying it forward. Yeah, it is, man. That's, that means something. Yeah. And, and, and my nephew doing that and, and I just, I, in my heart, I'm like, man, we taught him right. Mm -hmm. And so he drug it up. It was a little basket eight and it was just, you know, it was a deer. Mm-hmm. So, and Alan's still pursuing a buck, a big buck. He goes up to PA every year and hunts with his uh, brother-in-law on a farm. And, you know, he'd, he'd probably be a good interview for you too. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a fantastic guy. Um, but when we got back and everything's done, so I jumped forward some. I go, I'm sorry, I'm just keep on going. I I mean Oh, you're good, man. Okay. I just I mean, now we're gonna get to, you know, Delbert. Alan has a business here and I worked for him for a while and it was fun working for him because whenever deer season was around, one of us would take over and the other one would go hunting or one would go hunting. Well, it's my turn to go hunting. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm gonna bust off early today and go sitting on my friend brian's property that we had permission to hunt another little five acre six acre piece 
and surrounded by a pine tree farm. And I went down there, I was corning, 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 and my birthday is November the 11th. So I said, man, you know, I really like to go down and go hunting. So I went down to this property and I had corn out. Well, like a month prior to that in October, I was bow hunting and that deer had the deer Delbert had walked underneath me. And I went to, I was standing in an old white tail climber mm-hmm. and I drew back. And when I drew back and I was, I had him dead to rights quartering away 15 yards and I was going to let an arrow fly and the foot rocked. Mm. And I instantly let that bow down and sat down because it was an evening time. I didn't secure my foot. Man, safety is such a big thing. Big, 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 big thing. And I didn't secure my foot with the crank strap. Mm-hmm. And I always do. When I get up, I would crouch down on my knees, keep the keep the seat around my shoulders, take a crank strap. I wasn't wearing a harness. You know, I do now. Mm-hmm. I have a hunter safety system when I'm in my climber. I want to get a saddle. Um, but I... Uh, that that was a kind of an eye-opening experience for me right um so i took about two weeks after that happened i took his son aj and he came out again but he come out opposite side of us and we were sitting on the ground and aj couldn't get a shot on him and i'm like dang that's twice that bucks got away Mm. so now to november 12th i went out and i took code blue estridge and I just walked in a big circle, just dripping two of them all the way around my stand. I just wanted to stink that place up so I can get something to come in because I wasn't successful that year at all, except for Delbert. And uh, he, uh, I heard, I heard a, a crash and some running. And then I looked and I seen him come through a brush, through some brush, real thicket. And, uh, there was an opening. So I had my 30, 30 and I'm like, it's getting dark. And I'm like, come on, step out, step out, step out. And he didn't step out. I'm like, he didn't turn, did he? And walk away. And then I seen his nose pop out. And soon as his neck popped out, he was standing there and just standing there. I'm like, come on, it's getting right at the time. I can't shoot. And he stepped all the way out and I was shooting open sights at 60 yards on a 30, 30. So I put the crosshairs on the top of his back. And I dropped down and about maybe six inches and I pulled the trigger, caught him right at the base of his spine and dropped him dead in his tracks. Oh, wow. And I don't know if you remember Nextel radios. <laughs> yeah, I do. I had a Nextel radio and I keyed up Alan. I, and Alan's living down the road from me, from where I was hunting at. And I hit him on the radio and I said, hey, man, I said, I just shot that big buck. He goes, no, you didn't. You shot a doe. <laughs> I'm like, thanks a lot. I said, <laughs> I said, I said, you want to come and get it with me? He says, where'd it go? I said, I dropped it. He says, you dropped it. I said, yeah, I dropped it. He says, all right. He says, I'll be there in about 15, 20 minutes. I got to put my shoes on. So he pulls up. I'm still in the climber. He said, stay in the climber. Don't get down. He said, if you dropped it, we don't know if he's dead yet. Just stay in your climber when I get there. And he got to the base of my tree and he looked up at me and goes, where he's at? I, I pointed, I pointed to him. I said, there he is right there. 
and all you seen was antlers sticking up. And he's like, oh my. I said, yeah, oh my. And now this deer is 118 inches, but with an almost 20 inch spread on the inside. Mm, that's a good spread on a deer, yeah. And he, he was a big guy. I mean, he weighed, he didn't weigh as much as Tyler's buck, but he was a nine point. And I mean, we got the, it was fun to do that with my friend. Yeah. I try to include Alan in hunting stuff as much as I can. If I shoot, if I shoot one, excuse me, if I shoot one or if he shoots one, um, we try to, you know, do that buddy thing. So, you know, we get that. I got him mounted. He's here at the house. Mm -hmm. I meant to send you a picture of him, but, uh, I just, I, you know, work and sleeping and, and everything. So I, uh, did that. Is he the and one that you got mounted? I'm looking at your Instagram here, which do you care if I share that with guys so they can take a look? Oh yeah. That's fine. Yeah. S S C F P underscore outdoors. Uh, S C yep. is in South Carolina. F P underscore outdoors is yours. Yeah. Is he the guy that you got on the wall with like a little piece of like, it looks like wood or like a shape or something behind him? No, that's, uh, that's that's last year's buck if you oh, look okay. at um there should be a picture uh, there isn't a picture of him on there i don't think oh okay, gotcha. but I, I can post one now I, what i'll do is i'll post one at the end of this and so it's on there yeah um so uh that's a whole story about that one. <laughs> so you get, you get old Delbert. I mean, that's, that's exciting, especially to have the history with the deer and to have those in, encounters. And what was it? Third time was the charm on that one, huh? Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, I think, and, and there again, you know, God playing on me, giving me yeah. that luck, putting me in the right position, putting me and, 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 and a lot of it, everybody says hunting's luck and hunting. You got to has takes a lot of skill. A lot of it's God. Mm. A lot of it's putting you, you know, you know, putting you in a place where you're, you're, you're somewhere in your life where you don't, you know, you're content and you mm -hmm. look at something and, and, you know, you don't realize when you shoot a deer, you go, man, I appreciate it. Lord, thank you very much. Yeah. You, you don't catch yourself saying that like, or, oh my goodness, I just shot that. Thank you, God. You know, and, and that plays into, you know, the Christianity part of me too. So, you know, I, I, I kind of strayed for a long time when I got saved and stuff, but I, I'm back in track and, you know, doing all that. But dragging that deer out with my friend and getting it on a piece of property that I knew that the guy wasn't ever going to hunt again. Yeah. And the opportunity to get in there and, and just put some feed out. And it's funny because I put, I put 100 pounds of corn out every week and a half. Mm -hmm. And that gets expensive. Yeah, it does. And this, uh, this deer, and there was multiple deer coming in. I didn't have a camera. I just knew my corn was going away and there was deer there. <laughs> that's all you need to know sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Ray, that's a cool story. And I, I really appreciate just kind of the way you, you told that just kind of your, um, those stories that mean something to you. We all have those. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned uh, you, whenever you first sent me an email, you'd kind of mentioned a, a story and I don't, I don't know if you want to tell this or not, but you kind of talked, you just talk, talked a little bit about faith there a second ago, but it's kind of a unique story about a trip you took to Alaska. You care to talk about that at all? Okay. So I, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of hard because 
I had a hard time. I was, I was living on a farm with a friend of mine and I, it was when the, when, when the economy crashed, I was sleeping in the back of a Ford Ranger. I wasn't married at the time. Um, I had a lot of, you know, stuff going on in my life and I just happened to couldn't hang with on that farm anymore. My friend, Alan, again, Alan, uh, said, why don't you come up to Gilbert? We know some people put you to work. So I wound up going to work, not where I was supposed to go because my truck broke down. I wound up staying in Lexington, South Carolina in the Gilbert area and uh, working for a gentleman named Chris Veroni. Man. Woo. I put you so, on the spot, man. <laughs> no, it's all right. Because Chris, Chris was a big part in you know, me, I, I worked in his shop. I, he didn't have to hire me. And it's funny because he hired me at first to do food plots on his hunt club. Mm, that's neat. So a whole summer, I didn't do nothing but run a tractor and plant and, and maintain about an 800 acre hunt club. And that was what I did for a living for a while, but I was going to church this time. And it got to the point where I said, Hey, you know, I'd really like to, go to one of those Alaska trips with you. And they're like, okay, if the, you know, you got to get a sponsor. You got to do this. I'm like, okay, I'll work on that. Well, like that was Sunday, Wednesday night church comes around. I'm at, you know, Wednesday night supper, stuff like that. And a man named John reader walked up to me and says, Hey, you know, one of the guys fell out and, uh, Danny, Hester was standing there and he goes, you wouldn't want to go to Alaska with us. I said, man, I can't afford that right now. He goes, no, the trip's paid for. Oh, wow. You can come on plane ticket. And my boss, our uh, PG, Pastor George was already talking to Chris and telling Chris, Hey, Ray's going to Alaska with us. <laughs> so my boss walks up to me and grabs me by the shirt and he goes, that's awesome, man. He said, I'm so happy for you. The man took me to Walmart and made sure I had enough clothes to go up there just in case it was cold, if I needed anything, you know, loaned me a camera, uh, made sure I had SD cards for it. I mean, Chris is, Chris is a good Christian man. I mean, yeah. he, 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 he did a lot of good things for me when I was in, you know, that, that time of my life. Well, we get up there and we're working on uh, Anchorage's First Baptist Church up there that's their their church right there by anchorage anchorage university and so we put all the sheetrock hung all the sheetrock and everything in their basement finished it did everything we could you know to try to get things done and the lady who uh i think her name's brenda Krim, she said hey i got a rafting trip for you guys set up we're going to go up to the kenai and go salmon fishing snag fishing Mm. I'm like, oh, that's new. So we went the first time I've been to a sportsman's warehouse. I bought a set of uh, really nice waders, some boots, stuff like that. So we get up there. We get the boat in. PG's doing his thing, rowing us. I get up there and it's just it's just incredible, you know. And I don't know if you've seen the Kenai River. If you looked at a sky blue and this the prettiest blue you ever seen in your life, turquoise blue. That's what the water looked like. You can feel the salmon going through your legs. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, 
eagles they, they were there i was taking pictures of stuff like the flowers and the the eagles and everything around me and they're like hey uh you're not fishing i'm like how can you <laughs> i mean I, honestly there was grizzlies and stuff up there and everybody was you know freaking out about the grizzlies and stuff like that too uh but yeah so that sunday when we left i told pg that i wanted to you know get saved in in that church hmm. on a sunday sitting by myself yeah everybody sat off to the side and let me sit by myself yeah and that that was pretty humbling for me yeah um i got one more story if we have time yeah yeah we got time i think one, one more quick, quick one would be good okay well my wife and i went to michigan in 2018 to go have thanksgiving and i went up there to go hunting with my father-in-law we drove straight through from South Carolina to Michigan, around 16, 17 hours. I stopped. We got there about noontime. I'll make it really quick. Um, jumped in, got my hunting license, got up to the house. My father-in-law looked at me and says, what do you want to do? I want to go hunting. <laughs> he goes, all right, let's eat something and we'll go out. So my at this time, my father-in-law was 80. Mm-hmm. and he had pre-scouted a spot for us and he took orange spray paint and spray painted a spot out i took out of course he put me on a bucket behind this big water oak i mean this thing was huge and i'm like okay he said sit right here i said all right i went over and put some tank 69 out so it, it got me around 3 30 i got up and kind of moved around a little bit to look you know went back and sat down on the bucket i had uh, one of Alan's rifles with me and I set it up against the tree and I was looking down looked up nothing looked down looked back up five yards from me there was a six point <laughs> I'm like okay all right I'm too close to you to even move so and I realized that it hasn't seen me so I picked the rifle up and I went to lean around the left side of the tree and it was too far so offhand I leaned to the left and got the neck of that deer in the scope and shot it and dropped it. Oh my, wow. So <laughs> That's I drove all that time, sat down and ate, got up, killed the deer on the day that we got there. And I'm like, I'm ecstatic. So I'm, I'm laughing hysterically because this, all this is happening at one time. I lay down on the ground with it, grab the antlers and I'm taking selfies and sending them to my wife. <laughs> and he's like you did not just kill that deer i'm like yeah i just killed that deer now here's here's how awesome that old man is and i i i love my father-in-law to death um he grabbed i grabbed the deer and i was dragging out you didn't gut it i said no i figured we'd get together and you know i'd gut it and you were with you being here and stuff like that because you know there here's that want to share the experience thing you know yep and and uh he goes don't worry about it I got you an 80 year old man. I said, no, I'll do it, Jack. I'll do it. He goes, no, he goes, I got you. He gutted that deer for me. Oh man. And of course I had to drag it through the snow, but man, that's, that's cool. Wow. And th- those antlers are in my daughter's room. Mm, that's pretty special. That's neat. Yeah. Wow. Ray, you got some good stories, man. No, I appreciate it. I mean, I enjoy telling them to you. 
you know? Yeah. I think it's neat kind of how you're up there, salmon fishing, taking in God's creation and something just spoke there. And that's, that was the moment. That's neat too. Yeah. That, that, that was a big part for me, you know, and going to church with my wife and for a long, for a long time, I couldn't go to church with my wife because of certain things that were going on with the church. And I, I think it were more with me because I went from a Christian to like a, a Baptist church to a Lutheran church. Yeah. And my daughter had to do catechism and I didn't want to do the catechism part, but I, yeah. I, I understood the part of it and I knew everything. And I sat down finally the pastor and I worked it all out and my daughter, you know, got her confirmation and stuff. And so I can do communion. It wasn't where I can, I couldn't do communion with my family if I couldn't yeah. do the catechism stuff. And I'm like, man, when I was young, I went through Catholic school and did catechism that don't count. <laughs> are the are the credits not transferable here <laughs> right but yeah. so but we worked all that out and uh, i get to do communion and i go to church with them try not to hunt on sundays yeah because you can hunt on sundays here yep but mm -hmm. you know i i had my opportunities this year to shoot a deer and I let two small does walk and then I went on a drive at the end of the year with uh, a guy named JD Woods and Sean Wooten. They, they hold a WMA drive every year and second year. And he ran four deer right to me. And I mean, they almost run me over and my shotgun wasn't working. I was shooting JD's gun and I missed all them deer. <laughs> I shot a pine tree though. Oh yeah. You got something. <laughs> That's right. But uh, yeah, that, that that pretty much winds it up for me. I mean, that yeah. sums up my hunting career, you know. Yeah. Well, Ray, I mean, I the great stories, great experiences, and I, I it's just kind of neat to been able to feel like I've kind of got like a, a little bit of Ray's biography. I know there's a lot more to it, a lot more oh, stories, yeah. but like you said, those are stories that mean something to you, and they they mean something to me, and I I think they mean something to the people that listen to this and be encouraged by just hearing your stories and your experiences there. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it, man. Well, I appreciate you, Travis, and what you do, you know, putting it out there. And uh, I like your uh, YouTube channel. It, oh, it's thank fantastic, you. you know. And I watch a lot of YouTube. I think my wife hates me for that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I watch. I don't think she does. I think she knows that I like to watch certain things. You know, I yeah. have certain channels like the Hunting Public and the Hunting Beast oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Good stuff there. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Ray, I hope to keep up with you, man, and hear how uh, other stories go. And um, I really appreciate your time today, and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. All right. Yes, sir. All right. You take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Really enjoyed hearing Ray's stories. You know, those are stories, like I said at the beginning, those are stories that mean something to Ray, and now they mean something to me. And I had a quick thought for you today, and we'll wrap up. Luke 12, verse 6 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and yet not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, are you of not more value than many sparrows? So that verse is kind of talking about how we are valuable to God. You know, these sparrows are sold at like a marketplace, um, and they're sold for like two pennies, but God is aware that they're being sold. God is aware whenever animals apparently die. Um, <laughs> and the verse is basically saying if God knows whenever animals die and he takes note of that, how much more valuable are you? The hairs on your head are numbered. 
Isn't that incredible? God knows you that well. You know, the reason I bring this up is I think about this. I think if God was sitting around talking about angels and he was telling some stories, I would venture to guess that at some point he's told your story. You know, there's billions of people on this planet. Um, There are so many people. I don't know if you've ever been to a football game, probably not recently, but I remember going to a a Buckeyes game for the first time whenever I was a kid, and I remember standing at the top of the stadium where my cousin, we were in the nosebleeds anyway, but we went clear to the top, and I remember seeing the stadium completely packed there at the horseshoe, and then I look out, and I just see a sea of people, and I had never felt so small in my entire life. I remember being probably 14, 15 years old just thinking, Wow, <laughs> like so many people. Yet, you as an individual, God knows your name. God knows the numbers of hairs on your head. For some of you, that's a little bit easier count for him than others. But, and I'm getting there, I'm getting there myself. But the point is, I think if there's a story that God could tell that means something to him, it would be yours. Sometimes we think of God as just that angry guy in the sky that's disappointed with us, but we have to remember that we are his children. If you've put your faith in, in Jesus Christ, you are considered a child of God. And if you haven't done that, I believe God still loves you, but he wants you to make that choice so that you can become a full child of God. Uh, he cares for you. He absolutely cares for you, and you're the story, I think, that he would tell. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Maybe you kind of have low self-esteem sometimes like I do. Maybe sometimes you're hard on yourself. You feel like you're not good enough. But I have to think that you'll have a Father in Heaven who's pretty proud of you and is rooting for you. So there's some thoughts for you to consider today. Thank you guys so much for listening to Ray's Stories. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hope that you hit subscribe. If you enjoy it, leave a rating, leave a review wherever you can. Really appreciate when you do that. And remember until next week to shed the light.